Welcome to Intergenerational Politics with Jill Weinbanks and Victor Shi, where we host weekly political discussions that are engaging and relevant to all generations. As always, we want to thank you for listening to Intergenerational Politics. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts to support future episodes. And we also have a website, intergenerationalpolitics.com. This is Victor Shi. I'll be an incoming freshman next year at UCLA, also the uh, co-host of this podcast with Jill. And I'm Jill Weinbanks, the author of The Watergate Girl and co-host of this podcast, as well as an MSNBC legal analyst. And I'm Kathy Griffin, outrageous comedian and happy to be here. <laughs> okay, usually we introduce our guests, but that's even better. <laughs> yeah. Because we're actually looking to you to give us some humor, some laughter, some encouragement. Um, the last time we had you on, we talked about the wonder of Kamala Harris being the nominee and your experience with Donald Trump and the First Amendment. And now we sit here anxiously awaiting tonight's results for both the Senate and the presidency. And so we're very glad to have you back. And hopefully you have something that will get us cheered and laughing because right now, uh, as we are talking this very minute, the numbers are not as wonderful as I would have hoped. It's still, I think I'm still optimistic, but I'd like to be even more optimistic. So what do you have to say? Well, I have a lot of comedian ranting, okay? So I just okay. wanna go, Kentucky, it's me. I've performed in your state many times. What are you people doing electing the turtle again? Amy McGrath was so great. And I'm, what is their dark money from Kentucky? I don't know what's going on there with his ties to Deripaska and the wife, Elaine Chow. Look <laughs> into them, Kentucky, get on it tomorrow. I, 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 of course I wanted a landslide. And by the way, let's not forget fellow Democrats, be proud to be a Democrat. Don't act like you have to sort of be nervous about, well, am I with the squad or am I with the centrist? All of them are better than Trump. Are you crazy? I mean, they're boarding up Beverly Hills for God's sake. Think of those Real Housewives. They're a nervous wreck. They don't maybe vote, but I'm just saying they <laughs> they shop. Damn it. So I, I am. I'm nervously watching. I'm I'm optimistic. And look, obviously, uh, my fear is twofold. I, I I think we need the House and the Senate just to restore sanity. Okay, we're not socialists. We're not going to overthrow. We're not defunding stuff. But you know, I I I think Biden will win. I do. I, it should be a, a non-issue landslide, but I fear the Republicans keeping the Senate because then I feel like we're almost going to be living under President Mitch McConnell with his black hands and his illness and so <laughs> mental and otherwise. So I'm actually I, optimistic I, about the Senate because it's looking like Cunningham is going to take the race and that um, Colorado is going to be and Arizona and that is three, four would be even better. And that could happen, might need a fourth if we lose um, Doug Jones. So we're not quite there yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about the Senate. I think we should be. Um, don't you think we could have some cheer there? Victor, what do you think? I hope so. I hope so. Um, I hope results are better than what we've seen so far. Um, I know Florida seems to be um, on edge, but that's always the case with Florida. Um, and I know with um, 
kind of going back to, um, you know, last time we talked to you, we talked so much about Kamala Harris, the First Amendment. Since then, it's felt so long. We've had two presidential debates, um, one vice presidential debate, um, tax scandals, Amy Coney Barrett's testimony. Um, so what is your take on everything that's happened since then? Um, and what are you looking forward to after Election Day? change. I'm looking forward to change. I mean, it's so frustrating because Trump got in because they were, you know, looking to change things. Okay, Mark Kelly is 10 points above Martha McSally, which by the way, he should be 100 points above her, but that's me. <laughs> and so I, I think, um, you know, I, I think that it would be cathartic, frankly, if we, meaning our party, our country, independence, whatever you want to say, folks that aren't into a Trumpist you know, a QAnon cults and following his crazy cult of non-personality. I think it would be actually cathartic if we started investigating some of the things that we've been through. I, I think that we, of course, we should look into expanding the court. Of course. I mean, the idea of vilifying that notion when we have three illegitimate Supreme Court justices who got in during an illegitimate presidency. I mean, how many times do we have to be told and have it confirmed over and over by our you know, 17 agencies, the DOJ, et cetera, that there was interference. There's interference again. I mean, Christopher Ray, who's handpicked by Trump, he just testified on the Hill himself recently saying, yes, the Russians are doing again and more so. We now have interference from, you know, it's coming inside the house with all these Trumpers who believe anything they read on their Facebook group and then they spread it. And I, I'm fearful that, that, believe it or not, QAnon and all that online, online nonsense could be the October surprise. You know, it wasn't Hunter Biden's laptop which by the way, I have 17 of them in my uh, bathroom. I guess, I guess he just leaves them everywhere. But um, <laughs> I, I am definitely nervous about, um, about uh, a, 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 I guess, I mean, I think of it as a cult like that of you know men and women and they're on their Facebook groups and they believe these crazy things that Donald Trump is giving them coded messages and that when we don't see him on camera, he's busting up child human trafficking rings personally, <laughs> even though he's on video with Jeffrey Epstein when they're at a party with minors and they have been outspoken survivors. And yet, I, I, you know, th these, these folks are great in number. And I think that we do have to actually acknowledge that and start looking into that stuff and not be afraid to look at it. And I also think we can no longer just write them off as a few fringe, fringe members, you know? We have no, one who's going to be in Congress, QAnon too. going to be in Congress. Yeah, I mean, right. She won her race. So you now have an official member of the U.S. Congress who is a QAnon believer. And that is, that's really scary. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, it's only one. So let's, yeah. let's yeah. rejoice in that. But the fact that there are only, is only one is still worrisome for the, just who's yes. voting for that. Yes. Um, yeah. Let's hopefully go to a lighter topic, you know, this election and why it's so historic on all fronts. Um, for someone who, you know, may not be eligible to vote or for those who may be tuned out of politics, you know, Jill has lived through a lot of elections. Um, I've only lived through a couple, but I have some recollection of 2016. You know, for you, Kathy, what makes this election so special? Because every election we say, um, you know, it's going to be the most important election of our lifetime. So much is at stake. But for you, why is this election so important? Well, look, I'm going to be 60 tomorrow, and I really oh, am happy birthday, right? Happy birthday! Wow, happy birthday! So, yeah. thank you. Um, and so, you know, I really can say I have never seen anything like this. I have, um, you know, I I thought that, you know, when I talked to my folks and who are more knowledgeable than I, of course, about the Watergate era and Vietnam, etc., um, when I would talk to my parents about WW2, all, all these things, nothing has happened like this. And, uh, you know, I I we've we've all had our favorites and we've all had the candidates that we care about and work for, et cetera. But 
this is not really a case between Democrats and Republicans, in my opinion. It's uh, truly the fall of our republic. And I want the results to be better tonight only because if nothing else, if you don't love Joe Biden or if you don't hate the Republican Party, which you don't have to at all, um, you should really hate what's happening to democracy itself. You should know the difference between a kleptocracy uh, and democracy. And it's not like it hasn't been out there for folks to learn about. So I am fearful because I don't wanna be um, suspicious of my own countrymen. I don't wanna think that half of the folks around me that went to their polling place voted for racism, sexism, crime. I mean, this is the most corrupt uh, president that I've ever even known about, certainly seen in my lifetime. I have experienced it in a very personal way myself. Uh, honestly, the, this, the election was very consequential for me four years ago personally, because you know you guys know my story about taking the controversial photo of the Trump mask with blood on it and stuff. And so as somebody who's lived through um, an administration able to change my, really my whole life in the course of my life, uh, in a way that's been, you know, definitely educational, but challenging in a way that I would not want to happen to any one of my fellow citizens. That's something I, I never even thought about. You know, I look forward to the days when you don't even necessarily know the religion of the president. You don't necessarily know every single thought the president is happening. The president should be doing their job. You know, um, I definitely look forward to a time when there's more women and people of color in charge because there should be better representation, obviously. I'm fearful that we keep coming close. If I hear one more time, the Democrats are excited because they got closer to winning Florida. Okay, it's time for us to win Florida. It's been long enough, you know? Yeah. So those are the, the things that are different. And I don't wanna be paranoid, but I do fear intervention in this election like there was before. I, I'm someone that really can't be sold on the notion that the Russian interference didn't change actual votes in 2016. So, you know, to have an administration personally be wor working to squash all that evidence and not to mention a, a fairly easy to understand story um, is, is something that's frightening to me. And it's something that's really not that hard to wrap your brain around. And I just wish people were more interested in it because it does affect them in their daily lives. Well, I think you've hit on something, which is we have so much misinformation and disinformation, both domestically and probably from foreign interference. I mean, there's been a lot of threats to voters, but there's also just been a lot of misleading voters. And that's come from Republicans, from Donald Trump and from outsiders. And so we have to really pay attention to that. And we have to figure out what are the sources of information that people can actually rely on for facts. And then we have to worry about how do we convince people that facts matter, that when Donald Trump says something multiple times and says it louder and louder each time, it doesn't mean that it's a fact. He can keep screaming that he saw people on 9-11 cheering. It doesn't make it true. And it's been debunked a million times. So what do we do to get people to care about the facts? I mean, it's frightening because people want to hear their own story and yet I feel like we've lost a sense which is as you always say Jill we have to work from the same set of facts yes. we can have our differing opinions and that's what I miss I miss the discourse of well here's the tax cut and here's why I like it here's why I don't like it but I don't want to hear the economy is doing so much better 
you know, I, I don't understand what a bubble is or how it would burst. I mean, those are conversations that are essential. And I do feel like it's just, a, it's a storybook road to authoritarianism when you have leaders that want to keep their citizenry dumb. And, you know, I, um, I, I don't even quite know how to deal with folks that don't care about fact checking or secondaries or tertiaries. I understand the impulse to want to hear what you want to hear, but there's plenty of room for that. So that's one of the things that I fear will be difficult for us to walk back from, because at least in this country, we've never had to go through, through that particular thing yet in the great experiment. Um, and I felt optimistic, and I still feel optimistic, that with a new administration, and uh, sorry, but the Democrats have to take back the Senate, we have a very good chance of writing that ship. And I fear that if the Republicans keep the Senate, then they have learned that what works for them uh, will will continue to be effective and possibly get worse. I, I think <laughs> you've, you've hit on the cheer of the evening, which is that there's still a chance that we can win both the presidency and the Senate mm -hmm. and that we can take policy changes that will make a real difference in writing the ship, in protecting people from the virus by developing a plan to deal with it, by having a vaccine and having it distributed sensibly, and so many other policies that need to be addressed right now. And I'm I you've made me hopeful. I don't know why, but <laughs> and I hope that my generation, yeah, and I hope that my generation actually lives under a president who is decent and has has empathy and respects basic facts um because for many of us we just see donald trump and he's our president and we get discouraged we get um you know we, we get detached from politics but i think now is the time for us to really get involved and i think a joe biden presidency would really get us involved and you know go back to a time when we could actually debate things um, without yelling at each other and so i think that um it's really important for him to win also for the senate to be blue yeah, I think I think it's we've seen the limitations of what happens, and I remember W saying that thing. I've got I've got political capital. I'm going to spend it, and you know we kind of do some revisionist history about W, but we've never seen anything like what the Republicans are doing this time. Although I I think we got a hint of it when um, in Obama's second term when Boehner wouldn't let anything through, and then you know whether you want to say we allowed it or not, but you know make no mistake, folks, that's going to be the next four years, and so if we get the presidency and we still have Mitch McConnell. You know, uh, are we even going to work with the WHO to help uh, with, uh, help us with our coronavirus um, response? I, I don't know. Um, it, what kind of thing will Joe Biden, if he's elected, be president, but McConnell's still in? Will, how much will he have to reach across the aisle? And at this point, what does that even mean? I feel like, frankly, I'm a Democrat, of course, but I feel like the time for reaching across the aisle just isn't now. I mean, they've played so dirty and they've been such an obstructionist. That I almost feel like we need a term where we need to kind of at least try to, uh, we've been saying right the ship, but get back some sort of very obvious things. I mean, the Civil Rights, uh, the, the Voting Rights Act, et cetera. Uh, understand, uh, you know, un people are upset about the Supreme Court. Let's see what happens when we get to know these uh, these cases going before the justices. So, um, you know, I, I'm being optimistic because I can't imagine that there's not some uh, suppression going on. And as you know, there's going to be counting going on for days. I would have loved an answer tonight. I hope we still get one, but you know, I, I, I'm still optimistic. Come on. I, I think it's more important. I'm wearing a count every vote pin tonight because really no matter how long it takes, that's the right thing to do. We need to count them all. Um, the last time I checked the newsfeed, uh, Judge Sullivan's order to the post office to stop 
holding the ballads that he had found or that they have now found and to deliver them had not been done. And so we know that Donald Trump and his postmaster general DeJoy have withheld ballads of people who cast their ballot in good faith, deposited to the US post office and it hasn't been delivered. So there's a lot that we have to get accomplished. Um, I'm now for what I call court balancing. Uh, some people would have called it court packing. I'm on Twitter saying, hashtag say this, not that. Call it court balancing because that's what it is. It would be bringing fairness back to the Supreme Court for the seats that the Republicans stole. And that's at least what we deserve. Mm -hmm. But that requires that we win the Senate and the presidency tonight. And I'm not a gambler. So I'm not into predictions. I'm into just sort of sitting and waiting. And I don't care if it takes several days, which it will because there are many states that don't allow uh, mail ballots to be counted until after everything else is counted. So we're gonna have a little time to wait. And I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I just- Stressful. <laughs> people can get the information they need and be careful in what they retweet. Make sure that before you retweet it, you know that it's true. Uh, I, I bet you've fallen for it, Kathy. I know I have. I've tweeted things that were just, they were so good, I wanted them to be true. And as soon as I tweeted it, I went, you know, if it was really true, I would have seen that on a lot of other places. And so I started checking and it usually isn't true. And I've had to withdraw. I mean, it doesn't happen to me often, but it has happened. So I'm hoping everybody listening is paying attention to what the facts are and will patiently wait for the actual results because I don't care who declares victory tonight. It isn't a victory until the results are certified. And, and every vote is counted. And every vote, yes, here, here we are. Every yes. vote is counted. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, All right, guys, I got. I actually have to hop off. Oh, I'm in so big high demand today. Being with us, you've cheered me enormously. Yeah, thank you so oh, much. I love you guys. You're awesome. Love you. Thank you. Thank you for having Bye, me. Kathy. Bye, Kathy. Thanks. Bye. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Intergenerational Politics. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to support future episodes. Thanks so much. See you in our next episode.